I think that um, the expectations in our culture for after giving birth are just relentless and they're so unrealistic and oftentimes very superficial. And I think that that is why, in my opinion, that postpartum mood disorders are on the rise. I am Cheryl Whitten, and this is The Aromatherapist, where we discover the superpower of plants. One of the biggest problems in aromatherapy is conflicting information and crazy wild claims. All you have to do is search essential oils on the internet, and you'll see what I'm talking about. So when you're looking for information, how do you know who to trust, and how do you know what's right? Well, that's the reason I created this podcast, and a course called Science of Aromatherapy. The Science of Aromatherapy course takes you through aromatherapy as a healing art and the history and modern use of essential oils. You'll learn the basics of aromatherapy, the science and chemistry of essential oils, contraindications and safety considerations, and clinical and personal applications. In this course, I take you through everything from how aromatherapy affects epilepsy and bleeding disorders to drug interactions, allergies and sensitivities, and to use in pregnancy and breastfeeding, and even with children. We cover the main modes of application and profiles of the 10 most popular essential oils. By the end of the course, you'll understand the most common contraindications and safety guidelines, how to use essential oils, how to build a protocol, and how to choose, cross-reference, and eliminate essential oils, as well as how to formulate, blend, and dilute essential oils, and so much more. So why should you learn from me? Well, I'm a clinical aromatherapist, and I've been working with essential oils for around 20 years. I've trained with some of the world's renowned botanists and aromatherapy experts, and I teach people all over the world about aromatherapy. I also happen to be a professional health writer and have published peer-reviewed research work in aromatherapy. It's no longer necessary to be confused about aromatherapy. Let me guide you to clarity. Visit livelovelemon.com forward slash science dash course to enroll. My guest today is Donette Morris, who is a traditional doctor of naturopathy, certified wellness and lifestyle coach, a registered yoga therapist, a certified doula, and certified natural health practitioner. And she uses those certifications to work as a naturopathic postpartum doula. She says that after years of study, she came to understand the intricacies of the postpartum phase. Our culture places emphasis on balancing it all and losing the baby weight, which often leaves women feeling shamed and desperate. And ultimately, it's about so much more than that. Strength comes from a supportive community and the vulnerability in asking for help. And her hope is that women will embrace this idea and redefine this time as a sacred bonding experience. The intention of her practice is to change the paradigm of the expectations placed on women in postpartum. She is devoted to nurturing the new mother to ensure she is empowered in her femininity and believes that this is the foundation from which a family will truly thrive. So Donette and I swapped tricks of the trade today and we talked a lot about just some different ways that we can use aromatherapy to support moms going through the postpartum phase and how to use natural remedies in your postpartum recovery, but also we talked a lot about just some of the struggles that women go through and the need for community and support and how a doula can really help, you know, bridge that gap. And so, my friends, Donette Morris. Hi, Donette. Welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much, Cheryl. I'm so thrilled to uh, be a part of this conversation. So you are a naturopathic postpartum doula, among other things. And can you tell us how you decided to become a birth worker with a natural focus? Well, I think the seed was actually planted very early on when I was in college and I was going to emergency medical technician training and I had the opportunity to witness several births in a hospital setting and also on an ambulance. And it felt very, very traumatic to me. Mm. Um, I just felt like it was very aggressive. and um, But I didn't really know what to do with that information then. And um, I did go on to become an EMT and witness more births in, um, in, an, in emergency settings. But then I let that go and I went on to pursue my dream of being a flight attendant. And I did that for many years. And then when I was 44 years old, I became pregnant unexpectedly. Mm. (laughs) It was a big surprise. Mm -hmm. And um, I could recall all those feelings that I'd had when I was much younger. And I knew that that was not the way that I wanted to go about birth. So I got busy researching all the, the healthiest options for me. I knew that I really wanted to have a natural birth because I felt like it was going to be my only pregnancy and I wanted to be a hundred percent present in the experience. So uh, that happened. And um, I did have a wonderful pregnancy and um, very, very easy labor and birth and was in no way natural. And Mm -hmm. in no way was I prepared for what was going to come down the pipe next in my postpartum experience. So after the the trauma of realizing that I was in the depths of despair, pretty much, you know, and just had severe postpartum symptoms, and I could not get any answers from my doctor, the doctors were suggesting antidepressants. And um, I just knew that I did not want to do that. I they kept telling me that the medication wouldn't go through my breast milk and I felt differently. I felt like it would. And so um, that's when I began researching just everything I could and, uh, you know, came up with dietary changes, supplementation, uh, just all the things that were natural. And that's pretty much how I got started on the natural approach was with healing myself mm. and then eventually helping educate other women. Um, about the possibilities of natural childbirth, home birth, all those sorts of things. And then now my focus is on postpartum and the idea that I want to change the paradigm of what postpartum looks like in our culture. I love that so much. I was also someone who struggled big time with postpartum. I had postpartum anxiety, which wasn't very well known at the time. And when I had my babies, it was all, everything was just lumped under um, depression. Yeah. Under yeah. depression. And, and it wasn't what I had. I definitely had anxiety and I also had a doula as well. And without her, I probably would not have been as aware of my situation. And so I'm very familiar with both birth and postpartum doulas. And I think they're so important in the birthing process and the postpartum process. And for sure, she was like the best decision I ever made as a new mom was to have a doula. So for the person who isn't familiar, can you explain more about your role? Is this like midwife or nurse? Are you very hands-on? What does a doula do? 
Well, I applaud that you did have a doula. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a positive experience. My um, my doula called in sick at the 11th oh, hour. Oh, no. So I, you know, and it did turn out to be wonderful that I labored with my husband and Mm -hmm. we, her backup doula came right as my daughter was being born. So I learned a lot about that, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, doulas are not considered healthcare professionals, right? I think that the way I explain is that their primary role is advocacy for the, the birthing parents in the way that I'm sure you probably remember that things in birth happen very quickly, mm-hmm. right? And oftentimes parents don't know what's what's coming next. And so um, I play a role as an advocate to be able to explain to them in lay terms what's really happening. And then also um, emotional support and then comfort techniques. So then as you you tend to take a natural focus and you're also a traditional doctor of naturopathy. So you do use some healing modalities in the postpartum, including aromatherapy. So I'm curious about how you use these. And also I'm a nerd and would love to compare techniques with you. So can you tell me about some of your approaches and maybe we'll start with some, some perineum and C-section healing. What, how do you use healing these healing modalities? What oils do you find the best suited and what is your approach? That's a lot of questions in one. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll dissect a little bit. I mean, hands down, my favorite oil and that one that I find the mo- that, that most moms think is appealing is lavender. Mm-hmm. And I'm very lucky to live um, in an area that has an organic lavender farm. Mm. And so I can get really high. I'm, I'm a nerd about high quality products. <laughs> Same. And so I can get very organic products that I can use in my practice. And I, I use it in, in a lot of different ways, depending on what the mom is able to do and what she's open to, to doing um, for, you know, just uh, after a vaginal birth. I mean, I will use lavender on padsicles, you know, mm. to, to make the, you know, a, like a cold compress for the vaginal area. If mom can get in the bath, I'll use lavender oil in the, uh, in just a sits bath. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mom really want, moms really want to take like a full on bath. And so I'll just increase, increase the drops that way. But if she's in a lot of pain and can really barely get from the bed to the, just maybe to the bathroom, to the toilet, then um, I will usually put lavender essential oil in the perineum bottle and just have her washed with that for the, you know, for the soothing and the healing. And that perineum bottle is glorious. <laughs> it is glorious. Just a little bit of warm water. Oh, yes. You need right? that. <laughs> right. I just, um, I just coached a client through birth in the Netherlands and um, interestingly enough, she can't get her hands on a perineum bottle over there. Oh, so they're very hard to find, she says. So I just told her, just put it in like some type of a, you know, a large container and fill it with warm water and then just pour it over, you know, the area. But um, I found that interesting. Yeah. Like one of those like um, ketchup, you know, those ketchup and mustard squeeze bottles you get that are like for your picnic oh, table. That would work if you put that's warm a good water idea. The, yes. Then it's sort of like a squeezy without because spraying can be a little bit depends. 
depends how intense your spray bottle is. It could be a little bit almost It could harsh. be a little harsh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And I, and I'm always, um, I am always pretty much always if the mom is open to it, of course, i never suggest anything that the mom wouldn't want, but I love having lavender being diffused all the time Mm -hmm. in a postpartum home just for the calming effects. I think it's great for baby. And, you know, I just think it's an all around miracle oil. (laughs) Absolutely. It really is. And it's super safe for, for children, like little babies, it's safe to diffuse. And there's some data on that as well about how, um, babies who inhale lavender and it's a, with a a trial they did babies who inhaled lavender slept better, cried less and actually slept longer than babies who didn't. And the moms also had less anxiety, less stress, slept better than the moms who didn't. So I agree. Lavender is 100%. I, yeah, I've seen it time and time again in, in, especially in infant sleep. Yeah, absolutely. So digestion is also a really big piece of recovery for the perineum and the C-section. Um, and you know, during delivery and surgery, if you happen to have a surgery, you know, digestion slows down. So then constipation in postpartum is really common. And, um, so then that further aggravates how you heal and incision healing and perineum healing. So how do you stimulate uh, regular movement with oils and maybe nutrition, or do you have other guidelines that you usually suggest? I, well, I usually start uh, two of the foundational principles in naturopathy are um, hydration and nutrition, you know, mm-hmm. good nutrition. And so that's usually where I start before I get going, you know, get going too crazy. I do find that, you know, new moms are so busy and, you know, there's so much newness coming, coming into their sphere that they forget to drink water. And so I um, do my best to set them up for success to have, you know, um, one handed water bottles everywhere around the house so that they can they can get optimal uh, water consumption. And that helps more times than than one would think. It seems so simple, right? Just drink half your body weight in ounces of water Mm -hmm. every day. Right. Mm -hmm. Hardly anyone does that. Yes. Especially a new, especially a new mom. And especially whenever you really don't, you're not crazy about going pee so much mm-hmm. because it hurts. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, you know, if, if the problems aren't really, um, if problems are still persisting and we don't have easily easy movement, that's when I really move into, into dietary changes. Right. Um, I will, move forward with suggesting eliminating uh, the simple carbohydrates like breads mm-hmm. and pastas and that sort of thing. And then also cow dairy. Um, cow dairy is not really believed in naturopathy to be for human consumption. And mm-hmm. so, you know, most of the time those, the, the hydration and tweaking the nutrition will work. And of course, you know, real food, all organic, as much organic as possible um, food. And then you know, I do occasionally use lime essential oil, um, you know, or a regular, even a regular lime, but um, lime essential oil will work too as a few drops in the water to support digestion. Yeah, that's an interesting one. It makes sense for sure. What do you think? I Yeah, I think it's good. I think the citrus ones in general are going to, are extremely helpful for your entire digestive system. 
I always lean towards orange actually, because, and babies too, as long as you dilute Mm -hmm. it, orange works so great with gas and the bloating and um, indigestion, and then actually helps with movement as well. Um, Because it's it's a carminative and antispasmodic. So it helps with those, with the smooth muscle in your digestive tract. Well, I generally do um, do lime over lemon because lemon is so alkalizing. And then mm-hmm. in my private practice, I also do some a, a modality, a non-invasive modality of testing called the Reams Biological Theory of Ionization. And if someone uh, if someone's Reams testing comes back highly alkaline, you know, then lemon is not really always the best choice. I'm sure you've heard a lot of people say like, just drink lemon and water in the morning. But Mm -hmm. in my opinion, it's not, it's not a one stop shop for all, you know, it's a, it can be detrimental to some people. Yeah. If they run high alkaline. Yeah. And I think too, when you start to um, combine those things in with, yeah, like you're saying your nutrition and water and fiber, you know, Mm -hmm. rich foods, rich in those in fiber is going to, to really help move things right. along too. I'm quickly interrupting this episode to tell you about one of my favorite essential oil companies, Mountain Rose Herbs. So I'm picky about my essential oils. I want sustainable and ethical oils. I want high quality organic and non-GMO oils. I want clinical level products that are actually from botanicals. So I recommend and use Mountain Rose Herbs. Right now with this crazy year of stress, the Calming Blend is a beautiful synergy for the remedy cabinet. It's got lavender and clary sage, vetiver, tangerine, ylang-ylang, and blue tansy. So that combination of plants is a powerhouse for stress. One to two drops of Calming Blend in a carrier oil along the shoulders and neck. It's just going to take the edge off some of these long days. So if you're wondering what brand to try, I recommend Mountain Rose Herbs. You can get 10% off Mountain Rose Herbs essential oils. Visit mountainroseherbs.com and use AromaPod10 to get 10% off essential oils. And now back to our episode. And then it's all connected because the the food that, you know, you're eating and the water you're drinking or the lack of it all impacts your breastfeeding as well. So I'm a, I'm a curious on your approach to milk production. Do you find there's a balance between the nutrition and the water and then proper latch and time and then using herbal approaches? Um, because some people get really heated about using herbal teas or fennel as a galactagogue, for, exa- for example. So I'm curious about what you think. Breastfeeding, in my opinion, is just a huge scope of science, right? I am pro breastfeeding, mm-hmm. um, just because the re- research is indicative that it's best. It's what's best for mom and baby, and I'm also aware that it's not the right choice for everyone, mm-hmm. right? So, I have a pretty broad scope of breastfeeding, but nothing as intense as the you know like IBCLC mm-hmm. certification where women have you know studied their whole. <laughs> you know, just years and years and years. So I really stick with my same philosophy, hydration, dietary changes. Um, I do work with the latch. And if it goes much beyond that, I call in a, um, a, someone that I work here with in Santa Fe and an IBCLC that is 
proficient with those more complex cases because I just feel like that it is so important and, you know, that a new mom really deserves that huge scope of knowledge for success. So I don't generally go down the road with herbs or teas or anything Mm -hmm. before I call the lactation consultant. Yeah. And I agree with that approach. I think that especially if you're a new mom and you've never breastfed before, it's really important because that can be the thing that makes a difference. So it's good to, to check that out before you kind of dive into herbs and things. Another piece of what I, you know, really feel is important is I think that it's just broadly assumed that, you know, oh, I'm going to breastfeed, but that women don't really understand what that looks like, you Mm -hmm. know, in in real life. So I do my very best to educate as much as possible you know, hopefully what it's going to look like, right? So that they're not just thrown into postpartum here, you know, just, just clueless. And I also, I support, you know, I feel like as long as I support a, uh, or a woman is educated about her choices and um, then I support any woman in the decision that she makes, because ultimately what stress, you know, being completely stressed out and breastfeeding, Right that's a huge energetic component too. That's not necessarily helpful for the baby. Right. And so I just want a mom to make an informed choice and do what she feels like is most empowering for her. Absolutely. And uh, when we've talked to, I've talked to some other um, naturopathic doctors on this, this show, and that's a big discussion is the science supports that that is the best way to go. You're going to help the microbiome. You're going to do so much good for their gut, all of that through breastfeeding. But then again, yeah, there's so many other factors to the whole thing of being a mom. So it's just a big adjustment in general. (laughs) You know, know, ultimately, I just want a woman to be empowered and informed in her choices. uh, Because you, you know, with aromatherapy, I mean, I'm sure there's so much shaming that goes around all different directions. You know what I mean? And that is completely unhelpful. (laughs) Absolutely. Your own physiology in general is going to direct the modalities you use, the products you use. I mean, we, you know, health that people have that is going to direct that as well. So to, to, I'm never for the the blanket statement things, because I just think it's way too simple. (laughs) Just. (laughs) It's just so narrow. We can't, we can't operate in those, those parameters. Um, And so I want to talk to you a little bit about stress too. Do you use aromatherapy or other methods for helping with stress and anxiety and overwhelm and sleep deprivation, all of that? What advice do you give to new moms? Oh goodness. I mean, so much. Okay. I do. I I love frankincense Mm. because I feel like that if the mom is really struggling with all of that, all of that anxiety that to, to me, frankincense is like the, it's like a heavy hitter, you know, it's a, it's tribal, it's spiritual, it's meditative. And, you know, if the mom is, it's expensive too, you Mm -hmm. know, and if the mom is, is willing to, um, you know, absorb the expense and then I would I would diffuse I would diffuse it just because I feel like that's the energetic component that comes in that oil from women who've come before us and have done this thing mm-hmm. right. But um, I I bring in a lot of different modalities for the for the postpartum mood disorders because I 
I, like I say, I generally do the reams testing on my moms. I generally use flower essences as well as aromatherapy. And then I'm also a yoga therapist. And so I bring in movement practices Mm. that um, are designed to be stress reducing, bring it all together. For, yeah. for the individual's needs, you know, I mean, not every case is, is, is created equal, just exactly. like everything else, right? Yeah. And I, uh, going back to lavender, like you were saying, that's a really great stress, overwhelm, anxiety oil as well. And orange. Those, orange, yes. I love orange. And if you combine that with frankincense and even clary sage too, is really great for stress reduction, beautiful oils to use. What did you use um, when you were struggling, you know, with your postpartum? Is did you use the orange and the frankincense and or were you into aromatherapy at that time? Oh yeah, I was. That was a big, really big part of my healthcare. The I used a lot of clary sage, a lot of orange essential oil, a lot of lavender, and actually used some fur, like tree oils, fur and spruce, uh-huh. Uh-huh. because those work with the cortisol levels as well as with the brain and so right. and also because of that um, element of smell and memory. So when you smell something, your olfactory senses are connected. Right. Yeah, are connected to um, parts of your brain that have to do with memory. And I grew up in basically a bush, like in the forest, with all these types of conifer trees. And so that was very soothing to me. It just kind of was like a triggering memory of like uh-huh. calm. My favorite place to be is in the bush, forest, whatever you want to call it. Um, walking through and inhaling essential oil that just naturally, you know, comes out of the trees. So that was those those tree oils are so. And to this day, when I am stressed and when I'm anxious, I'll go for fir and black spruce, any kind of, especially fir because it's sweet smelling. I really enjoy it. Uh-huh. But those oils together, and then with a bit of ylang ylang, that combination just so calming for me. So those are ones I use a lot. And then of course I use a lot of nutrition, a lot of supplements to um, help me through that process as well. So of course. It's a multi-pronged approach for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And I think part of the thing that was missing for me too was this idea that postpartum is only like six weeks or 12 weeks. So my symptoms lasted way longer than that. And there's this, this idea that you're supposed to just like give birth, have your baby, get over it, move on, get back to everything, you know get back to work, get back in shape, get back to intimate relations. There's so much pressure and stuff. And I think that was a big piece of it for me as well. Just, I didn't know how to deal with that. And it just felt like there was no grace for myself. And so what do you think about this? How do you approach these, this sort of postpartum period and what should we be doing so that we have better long, long long-term recovery? Well, I think, you know, I agree with you. I think that um, the expectations in our culture for after giving birth are just relentless and they're so unrealistic and oftentimes very superficial, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is why, in my opinion, that postpartum mood disorders are on the rise. And that's what I'm out to change. You know, I want women to be educated and prepared and to understand their history. Perhaps, you know, they had a traumatic sexual event when they were 
when they were younger, or, you know, there's so many variables that affect how you are going to labor and birth and how your postpartum experience is going to be. And so I think the big piece for me is education and, and helping, you know, reaching, you know, reaching one woman at a time to help her have a different experience. Yeah. And what I experienced too was just support, which is, which is why I think a doula is just incredible. Of course, a doula services only last for so long, but in my experience, having that help or someone was helping me make sure that I had other help. Exactly. It, well, and I think, you know, as you say, community, you know, com- one of my mentors uses the term that community is immunity, right? Mm. And that I think that I didn't understand. I I was completely isolated and rejecting every offer of help because I thought that I was supposed to know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to be on my, I was supposed to know how to be a new mother and I was supposed to handle it all, right? Which is what I saw my mother doing, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, when when women are educated and they know what their choices are again, and then whenever they they are vulnerable enough to ask for help and receive help. I think that makes a huge difference. Agreed. And, and birth really used to be, as you mentioned, um, tribal bringing in the tribal aspect, birth really used to be women supporting women used to be, you know, in many cultures, that's how it was done. And, and with your mother there and, and I find that, and for me, it was really a time becoming a mother. It was really a time where I was like, okay, I really need my mom right now. <laughs> like, I really need my right. mom. So, and I also appreciated my doula as, as a, another mother figure for me. So is that what doula care is? Is it a form of mothering? It's a form. Um, in Greek, it means mothering the mother. So, um, you know, and yes, I do believe that oftentimes women have that desire to have their mother there and it can go either way, depending on the, the, the family dynamics previously Mm -hmm. before the birth. So I, I always suggest having a doula in addition to your mother, just because most mothers don't have the knowledge, you know what I mean? The, the, or the birthing, the birthing experience, I know in in my culture, I still experience uh, women supporting women. If I do a birth, I I I only do home births, mm-hmm. and um, generally, always the the it's a it's a female team, right? I just uh, came back from uh, doing a, birth, a home birth in Texas in October, and you know there were six women around her and and her husband. And it was absolutely beautiful. So maybe it's just not always so much talked about, though. I still regularly, when people ask me what I do and I say a doula, many people don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. But essentially, I'm mother the mother. And it's interesting in my own practice, I have found that um, I attract a lot of clients that um, their mothers are no longer present in their lives. So that's a really special place to be invited to. Absolutely. And what about men? Do dads need a doula? 
They absolutely do. They don't know what's happening <laughs> and they don't know what's happening with their partners. And really it's so my favorite thing to get with the family and, you know, like really get to know the dad and really get to um, help him understand, right. All this whole process. And, and I, I really find that they become most fascinated with it once they know, mm-hmm. you know, So, yeah, I absolutely think that, I mean, I use the family approach. I prefer to work with a male, um, a man and a woman, you Mm -hmm. know, a couple. And I, I can speak to that for sure. My beyond being helpful for me, a doula was a lifesaver for my husband because, oh my gosh, (laughs) (laughs) He didn't know. I mean, he just, just, it was just a moment of like, I don't know. I'm, I don't know what to do. It was just I'm like freezing almost. And Freeze, so, yeah. so she was just so wonderful at helping him coach him, coach me, which was beautiful, which is exactly what we needed. So and a lot of people, um, a lot of people think that the doula is like replaces the role of the, of the partner. Right. And that is absolutely not the case. Mm-hmm. She is there to be like, you know, a, a solid addition to the team. Yes, absolutely. And i since we had our doula, we recommended everybody we knew to get one and, the, <laughs> right. and, and, and truly, and they did, they got, especially my family, they had doulas and it was like, oh my gosh, yes, everyone, well, this is life-changing especially for your first baby, like just life-changing as far as like a little breath. It's like, okay, someone else is holding us up here and we can, we can do this. Well, and as you say, especially for the first, at least for the first, for the first baby, because you have no idea, you know, what your, what's, how it's going to go. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for all of your awesome advice and insight. And I think this is really valuable for listeners. So where can we learn more about you? Um, my website, donnettmorris.com. And I'm also hanging out on Instagram at donnett.morris. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. We will link your sites up in the show notes so listeners can go and find you. And it was so wonderful to meet you and to talk to you. Thank you so much for being here. Likewise. Have a wonderful day. All right, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. For show notes and more information on essential oils, please visit livelovelemon.com forward slash podcast. And we love to know what you're up to and how you're using your essential oils. So head over to Instagram and find us at the Aromatherapist Podcast. My name is Cheryl Witten, and I am your aromatherapist. We have to share with you this obligatory disclaimer. Information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice or for professional aromatherapy consultation. If you need medical care, please visit your physician. Speak to your primary care provider, pharmacist, and a qualified aromatherapist before commencing any programs.